from brownzone.com. He is Scott Petrak, and he is on the North Homestead Chrysler Jeep Dodge Ram Hotline. Scotty, how are you? Hello, Scott. Good. How are you guys doing? We're good. I'm tired. I don't. I didn't play in either one of the games yesterday, but I, I don't know. I'm just a little bit tired from those games yesterday. Tired me out. No, a nothing like sitting on the couch, Scott, eating wings to get you tired out. I wish that was the way it was. It's not true. Jeff gives you these <laughs> mythical things that he thinks is, are going on in my life. He has no idea. Um, Scott, what'd you think of the games yesterday? What do you think of the Super Bowl matchup? Yeah, I think it's gonna be a good Super Bowl matchup. Um, obviously, the the Niners quarterback injuries really affected how. Everything went in that game, and I don't think it was a true, you know, test for Philly and a true representation of um, the 49ers. But I thought that Bengals-Chiefs game was fun to watch. Uh, you know, a lot of storylines, two great quarterbacks, and the fact that Mahomes made enough plays on a gimpy ankle, including, you know, the scramble at the end, you know, just another example of his greatness. All right, I would never tell the official not to call a penalty. The Bengal lineman who chased Mahomes down at the end did hit him out of bounds. Didn't hit him too hard, but obviously a precarious situation. They both went flying. That was that was tough, and it took what, Scott? Made it a 45 or so yard field goal instead of a 60? That, that was tough. There was the block in the back that wasn't called against, against the Chiefs. There was the intentional grounding that was called against Cincinnati where P. Ryan is in the vicinity, it seemed to be. Uh, I, I don't believe in conspiracy theories, but I've seen people already write it. Boy, the Bengals didn't get a call in that game. There, there's nothing there, is there? No, and, and I, I'm glad you brought that up, and I got a bunch of comments on those. First of all, I thought the roughing or the late hit was the right call. Mahomes is on the white, out of bounds. You can't hit a quarterback, and you can't hit him there. Um, it was the right call. It was a terrible timing for Osai. He played really well. Um, huge play in the game. You know, now who knows? If there's eight seconds left, maybe the Chiefs run a five-yard out and they kick a, you know, 55-yard field goal and the guy makes it. So, you, you don't know. But it's a huge play, but it was the right call. And I've seen people complain about a lack of holding on that call. I didn't think there was yeah. holding. I just retweeted Joe Thomas. Um, and I know he might be biased toward linemen, but, you know, you see blatant holdings. That was not one, in my opinion. I did not think it was a block in the back on the punt. I'm watching ESPN this morning, and they keep, like, spot-shadowing it. Huh. The guy stopped. Like, I didn't think that was a block in the back. I don't think it affected the play. I thought the grounding call was the right call. Both guys, he had Hurst go one way, Piran go the other way, and he throws the ball in the middle of the field. I don't think anybody's within eight yards. I thought that was the right call. Um not, and this is not saying that the officials don't miss calls, because they do. And there were missed calls in that game, and the clock stoppage thing where they replay the third down was a weird play, but I think it was the right decision. It was still weird, um, and they got it wrong to begin with, with the clock still running. Having said all that, I, I think there's too much focus on officiating. And I understand it's a big part of the game. I understand people have money on these games, and calls matter. But if we didn't talk about it and by we – the announcers, people on Twitter, incessantly, I think you can watch the game a different way. Like, I'm not watching this, these games yesterday thinking, oh, my gosh, each call is affecting the outcome. Calls happen. You have to play through it. You have to overcome it. Whether or not they balance out or not, we can have that argument. Um, but I did not think the officiating was the number, like a, a huge story in this game. Um, 
and I think you need to just move past it because there's going to be calls that are wrong, and that's just part of football and part of sports. All right, I'm going to come back to the playoffs in the Super Bowl in a second. Just, there was news this morning about the Browns because there hasn't been a ton, but Wyatt Teller named to the Pro Bowl. Uh, your thoughts on that? And, Matt, I, I tell you, you know, as far as offensive linemen go, you, you notice them when something goes wrong, but I think pro football focus uh, really brought his career to the next level and then obviously brought him a contract when it was all said and done, and, and now he's named to the Pro Bowl. He, I mean, he's just playing, playing great and probably one of the best finds the Browns have had um, in the last couple of years. Yeah, I mean, it's a good honor for him. Obviously, second straight time he gets to go to the Pro Bowl. Um, you know, he fought through a calf injury this year. I don't think he played as well this year as he had the previous two seasons when he established himself as, you know, probably a top five guard. Uh, I think down the stretch, I remember plays where he got beat, especially in the pass rush. Um, but overall, yeah, I mean, he's a top level guard. I think when he's healthy, um, he really takes his game to another level. You have to give him credit for playing through the calf injury that he had for you know at least a stretch of midseason. It probably affected him throughout the rest of the season too. So you know the Browns have four guys, four Pro Bowlers now. It's good for them. And you know if they got a question at center. What do they do? Can they bring back Ethan Posick? But if you do, like I thought, they probably had the best interior threesome in the league this year. If you go Joe Batonio, Ethan Posick, when he was healthy, and Wyatt Teller. Can you keep that together? Can you spend that much money on the interior of your offensive line? Along with, you know, giving an extension to Jack Conklin and Jedrick Wills, you know, making pretty good money on a rookie deal, but still a first-round pick. Yeah, that's a great question. I think it depends on what the market is for Posick. And if you're the Browns and Andrew Barry, I don't think you can let him get to the market. Now I know agents figure out what the market's going to be. It's not like it's a secret. But if you can get him to, you know, it's not, I don't know if it counts as a hometown discount because he's only been here one year. But if you can get him, kind of convince him that he's comfortable here, that he's got Bill Callahan as his coach, he played his best football, he's familiar with, you know, the the rest of the line, he can bring it back in totality. Um, I, I think you have to try to make that sales pitch because if he gets to free agency in the middle of March, He's going to get a contract, and I don't know if it's going to be $6 million a year or $8 million or $10 million, um, but the higher it is, the more the Browns probably can't afford it, right? Because that is a ton of money to pay for your offensive line, and at some point, you have to, one of those guys has to be a cheap deal. And Posick was that cheap deal this year, you know, and so would Nick Harris have been because he's still on that rookie contract as a fifth-round pick. So I don't know. I know that the Browns want to. I know that, you know, Alex Van Pelt talked about it during the season, how they want to bring him back. And Postic told reporters that he wanted to come back. So maybe they can find that number that makes both sides happy. Um, but if he chases every last dollar, then I'm not sure the Browns can afford to pay that. All right, let's go back to the, the playoffs thinking we're watching now. I'm just curious, what are we learning about these teams that can make the Final Four that we can make us smarter for the Browns to try to help us, you know, reach that level where not only can the Browns make the playoffs, but maybe get, grab a couple wins here or there. Yeah. I mean, you need, uh, you know, helps to have a big time quarterback, right. But it goes beyond that, right. The chiefs didn't just win because of Patrick Mahomes. They won because of Chris Jones. They won because of Travis Kelsey. They, you know, they won because of um, MVS, right. It, receiver. And I, I think it goes even beyond just, rosters you need a toughness level to win in difficult situations do it week in and week out do it when the pressure is on in late january 
And I think that's what we saw from the Chiefs, you know, in particular. You also saw it from Philly. I think you saw it to some degree with the Bengals, right? I mean, they're only a play away from winning that game. So you could say the same thing about Cincinnati. But it's not just about the quarterback. That makes a huge difference, and it gives you a chance. But you do need a well-rounded roster. You need to be able to rush the quarterback, which I think we've seen all season in Philly. And we saw it with the Chiefs. They took advantage of that offensive line, the injured offensive line of the Bengals, and Chris Jones dominated. And then it's, okay, it's late in the game. Who's going to go make a play? Who's going to make a play? Either it's offense or defense or special teams or whatever it is. Um, there's a certain mental toughness level that these teams have. And whether it's just ingrained or it's because they've been in the playoffs year after year like the Chiefs have, I, that's a level the Browns need to get to because they're losing games in the regular season that they shouldn't lose late in games. And it's a whole nother level when you get to the playoffs. So they need to make huge strides in that area. Scott Petrak joining us. Chronicle Telegram, brownszone.com, where you can read all of Scott's work. If there was ever an example of why the NFL protects quarterbacks and why a quarterback <laughs> is such a critical position, it wasn't just Brock Purdy going down, but knowing that he's the third quarterback for the Niners, and then you bring on Josh Johnson, and then Patrick Mahomes hobbling around on you know a sprained ankle, and Gardner Minshew being the backup for Jalen Hurts, and he's pretty good. And to me, it was like, okay, here's why you need the quarterbacks. And it made me think, man, I sure hope the Browns can bring back Jacoby Brissett. Yeah, that's interesting, Jeff. I was thinking a little bit about the backup quarterback situation yesterday, too. And I don't expect Brissett to be back. I think he believes he'll get a chance to start somewhere. Uh, and obviously that's not happening here. So I fully expect him to go somewhere else. But then what do the Browns do? I mean, they have Kellen Mond, who hasn't played in the league, you know, or played maybe a few snaps as a rookie um, with Minnesota. They didn't do anything this year. I know they like his skill set. He's a big kid, um, big arm, can run. But, you know, can you trust him if, you know, Sean Watson has a high ankle sprain and has to miss three games? Um, probably not. So I think the Browns are going to have to figure out what to do at backup quarterback. But you're right about protecting quarterbacks and I know you know we see all these roughing the passers and we question them and I get it but it's super important that the best players and the best quarterbacks play because it adds to the enjoyment it just does you know you're watching that San Francisco offense yesterday and you knew they couldn't throw the ball that's no fun even when Josh Johnson was in the game you really you know they weren't going to be explosive and it just affects the enjoyment level and the entertainment level for fans especially when you get to the level of the conference championship games. Is there any way the NFL could open up a pool to quarterbacks to make it more available during the play? I don't know if they, if, if that would be right. Uh, Jeff and I, we're, we're going to dive into this a little later, but I'm just curious your thoughts. To, to make it so that there are quarterbacks available later in the season in case teams are, you know, I'm, I'm not, I, I, maybe yeah. quarterback trades or something along, you know, those lines that maybe would go against the current rules that might be able to help out a team if they've lost one or two quarterbacks throughout the season that permanently could not come back for the rest of the year. Yeah. You know, that's an interesting thought. If you like extended the trade deadline just for quarterbacks. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, it's, it's an interesting idea. You know, it's so hard though. If you're, you know, if you're any quarterback to go into a situation and try to learn that offense and, you know, I mean, flashes into my head that Baker right. had that one Monday night game. Right. But I mean, that's an, that's an anomaly. And, I mean, Jack Johnson's been in the league forever, right? And one of the reasons T. 
teams keep signing him is because he's smart and experienced, and you think you can plug him in and play him. And then he has to plug in and play yesterday. It's just a really difficult spot to be in, right? They had a couple delay games because they couldn't get the plays called. Um, it's just hard if you're not getting those reps. And no matter who you bring in, those backups don't get the reps. Like, you have to be there all year. You have to be there throughout training camp to kind of have a chance. And we saw that with Brock Purdy, right? He had the offseason. He had the training camp. He had preseason. And he was able to flourish, which was amazing. But if you don't have that background, it's just it's just so hard. And then you see on Twitter people calling for, oh, if they, you know, if you could have an emergency quarterback up, that would have helped the 49ers. And I get it, right? At the end, if your quarterback can't throw the ball, you're done. But I'm not sure having some random quarterback um, able to go in and call some plays, I don't think that would have affected – I don't think that changes the outcome because even with Josh Johnson, who'd been practicing as their backup for the last two months, they weren't able to move the ball on offense either. So what was a new guy – well, you know, what was the third guy going to be any better or any different? It's a good point. Scott, we always appreciate your time. Thank you very much. We'll talk to you next week. Thanks, guys. Thanks, buddy. All right, and make sure you're reading. If make sure you're reading. If make sure you're.